Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. All right, Jojo, all I can say is that I would have missed you so much more if we, if I didn't know that we have this podcast to do every week, so I see you every week. And to a certain extent, I have, I've gotten used to, to podcasting in the distance because COVID, right? You got used <laughs> to not having me around. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, look, man, I know you're looking forward to going out there out west and doing your thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not looking forward to seeing you go, but hey, man, again, that's that's the way it goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be back for visits, so. All right, then. So I will be back for visits. We'll be getting, we'll be podcasting drunk. <laughs> I'm mildly tipsy at the moment, so. <laughs> Don't get me started, man. I was thinking about cracking up a beer before we get started, and then. Yeah, yeah I, I I did because like I was I was kind of kind of like eh, I'm not I'm feeling sort of tense and so I think I'll have a beer. Right, so right. I had a beer. Nice, nice. All right, so let us reset and go ahead. Hello, everyone, <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today is the absolutely fantastic JoJo, my co-host forever and ever. So. Howdy-do. <laughs> so here's the thing, Jojo. Um, Emmy nominations. Let's talk about snobs and surprises. Any big yeah. ones for you? Um, I was surprised. I was surprised by the snub of Small Axe. Yeah. I was surprised by that. And I was surprised that Emily in Paris got nominated. Yeah. So, <laughs> and the Underground Railroad was snubbed too. So there was some stuff there that I was kind of like, what the hell? But there was also some good things. So, yeah. But here's the thing about Emily in Paris. To be honest with you, and it's not like I have that large network of friends. So I have to m- make that advisory before I say it, but the only person I know who watched and liked Emily in Paris was my wife. And still yes. she gives me the side eyes when I, when I say shit about Emily in Paris. <laughs> 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 but seriously, I haven't met anybody overly excited about Emily in Paris, except for people who judge for awards. Is he? <laughs> Yeah, that seems that seems to be it. That uh, it's an awards darling, I guess, would be the thing. And I I don't quite understand. I don't quite understand why. I get that it was enjoyable escapist TV. You know, you know. I mean, I'm not going to diss the show because I'm I I haven't seen all of it. But 
and I also know that, you know, that it has fans, but at the same time, it's kind of like it's sweeping golden globes and Emmys and it's everything. So it's like, what, what, huh? Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know what the magic is to be honest with you. It makes me feel like if a Hallmark movie no, not a Hallmark movie, a Lifetime movie or a yes. Hallmark movie swept yes. Yes. like the Oscars. <laughs> you are absolutely right. That is the best I can, the best way to put it. It's absolutely right. It's almost as if like a Hallmark movie went like, boom, surprise, I'm here, motherfuckers. You know. And I've won everything. <laughs> but for me, the biggest surprise, seriously, was small acts. And here's what here's the way I can explain this, right? To my knowledge, the reason why small acts was not nominated is seriously, seriously, because the people who judge the Academy of TV and blah 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 science could not make up their minds as to whether it was an anthology of films or a miniseries or a limited series. Uh, how, like, but like how? Yeah, I, I. That's don't. your job. Yeah, exactly. You should know this. Eh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand how how it got looked over. I, I, I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, it's just simply because. Okay, so the way we've talked about small acts is that it's an anthology of five films. Yeah. Simple as that. It's not a limited series, right? Because it's not a, for me, a series is a subsequent, subsequent chapters or episodes of the same storyline. Yes. Same characters, same storyline. Yes. Yeah. Right. So it can't be a limited series, but if you look at them, each one of them has the duration of a film and they are structured like a film. There is an overall topic or theme, but each story is different. So how do you not understand that notion of an anthology of five films, right? I don't know. So... I don't know. I don't get that, you know. Right. And so finally, not finally, secondly, the biggest fuck-up of all for me... It, was not, it wasn't even the Academy of, of the Emmy people, right? It was on the part of HBO. Because they canceled two days, I think, two or three days after they announced that they had canceled Lovecraft Country. Boom. The nominations come out, and the show is nominated for, I believe, 18 Emmys? I don't understand why they canceled it either. That's another thing that is, like... It had a, a very large fan base and was doing well. And HBO will typically give shows a chance that aren't doing well. So I don't, I don't understand. I don't, some pencil pusher somewhere got a number wrong or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I still believe that Lovecraft Country is, an, is a niche show. You know, it wasn't everybody's cup of tea. But that's not the first time HBO has put out a show that is not everybody's cup of tea, and it succeeds. I mean, right. Treme, Treme went on for I don't know how many seasons, and to be honest with you, I never watched an episode of Treme. You know, I, I, yeah. I it wasn't my thing, you know. Th- there was another vampire thing too, you know. What was it? Uh, 
Oh, True Blood? True Blood. That yeah. was never my own thing. I mean, yeah. eventually it became a very popular show, but I, yeah. I, I would assume that on the same vein of not very popular at the beginning, that would have been its starch too, right? And, and they all got a chance to, to at least evolve. And this is what I don't understand is that how is it that HBO didn't think there's one more award show to go? Let's see what happens then, and then we'll make a decision as opposed yeah. to, eh, we're calling a day on you. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what happened there. I don't know if there was something else going on behind the scenes with some sort of like contract disputes or something that haven't been made public yet. I don't know, but it just, it seems very strange to me because even though, as you said, it may not be everyone's cup of tea, I think it was quite a few people's cup of tea. So I think that it was enough to, to give it a chance for more seasons. So I, I don't get it. And to be honest with you, Look, there's a lot of specula speculation in the black world of TV watchers about the reasons why the show got cancelled, and some are assuming it had something to do with the topic of African rituals and voodoo and, and, and all of that. And I'm like, Hollywood loves that shit. Hollywood has been exploiting voodoo <laughs> and African mysticism since the beginning of time, and it makes them money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's no, yeah. th th there's no way that is the issue here. It, it isn't, you know. I, I believe there were facets of that used in True Blood. Uh, it was, uh, you know, the, you mentioned the show True Blood, which was about vampires, but I do believe that there was also all whole subtext or, or series uh, line that had to deal with um, voodoo and, 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 and those sorts of things. So, I mean, if, if it's, I, I don't really think that that would be a reason to cancel it. That doesn't make sense to no, me either. No, I, I seriously don't believe it is, but you know, in Blackistan, a lot of people like to go out and make these assumptions and stuff. And I don't like conspiracy theories. Whether they yeah. are politicals, political or cultural, I don't like conspiracy theories, because yeah. what I like people to do is to take all of the contexts and aspects of a particular topic and make deductions and say, if I were to come up with a theory about this, if I were to come up with an explanation for this, what are the most logical things that could be here? And to be honest with you, in thinking about what HBO has done with Lovecraft Country, I just would categorize it as a major fuck up. As, yeah, and they happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they happen. And, and by the way, great shows get canceled all the time. Right? Like great shows get canceled all the time. Point in case, the OA. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yeah. The OA. Malcolm in the Middle. It's historically a great show that got canceled way too early and it eventually became like some kind of fucking cult. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. so th there's no reason to be speculating about, you know, it touches on black history here and blah, 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 and voodoo and stuff, because if that was the case, Hollywood would exploit that every day, all day. If it's yeah. dragon. If it's voodoo, if it's werewolf, if it's vampire, Hollywood loves that shit. That is no reason to cancel shows. That's not what happened here, I believe. Yeah. 
No, I, I agree with you. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about the Falcon and the winter soldier. Yes. And I'm not, I don't watch the Mandalorian. You are the, the Mandalorian fan here. I am. Yes. So, so what do you think of the snob of Pedro, Pedro Pascal? I, he is the whole show, honestly. Okay, wait, I should back that up. <laughs> baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is the man, part. son. <laughs> baby Yoda is a huge part of the show. But Baby Yoda is Baby Yoda because of Pedro Pascal's performance. Yes. And his, I mean, he's wearing a mask the whole time, a hood or, or whatever you want to call it, a, a Helmet. That's the word. Helmet. Yeah. <laughs> not that. a hood. Let's not go with that. Um, <laughs> and it, it, I just, I, I think, just think it's sad that, that he's not recognized for being such an integral, integral, important part of the show. I mean, obviously they can't really nominate baby Yoda. Right. <laughs> since he's right. A puppet. But you know, I, I think that Pedro Pascal should be nominated because he is a great actor. He truly is. And to be able to communicate that through body language as opposed to any sort of facial uh, body language and voice tone, voice acting, as opposed to, you know, what's in the face, I think is, 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 is should, it deserves some recognition. If you're going to dominate the show and say the show's great, I think the actor deserves some kudos to. Yeah, but are you sure that animatronics can't be nominated? Because wasn't wasn't Bugs Bunny nominated for Space Jam with Michael Jordan once? I'm just you know now that you're it? saying it. He may have been. <laughs> he may have been. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking right here. You know, <laughs> Bugs receiving his his award and shit. You know. <laughs> 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 oh my, uh, oh good my. old Space Jam. That was a, that was good. Yeah, that was good. I think the the new iteration of Space Jam is now with uh, with LeBron James, and <clears throat> so and I think it's on HBO Go. I didn't look at it, but I haven't. You know, I'm not. I haven't confirmed that though. Yeah, I've 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 heard of it. I saw. I think I saw like a trailer for it or something, but I have not. I have not uh, checked it out or anything. So let's go on then with the nominations, Jojo. We're going to start from the bottom to the top. And the first one we'll see is a variety sketch series. There are two nominations, and it is a Black Lady sketch show and Saturday Night Live. Now, a Black Lady sketch show is... Fantastic. It's a it's a trailblazing show from HBO. And I think very highly of it. But it's nominated against Saturday Night Live. And I don't see that happening. Yeah, I agree with you. Unfortunately, I uh it makes me sad because I I, I have enjoyed a black lady sketch show when what I've seen it. Yeah. So I feel like it just being against Saturday Night Live, it just doesn't stand a chance. No, and, and it would be the surprise of the year if that happened. It would, it, would be, it would start the show with, yo, they already started with some bang, you know. True, 
True. If it, if it wins, it will be, it would be very, very cool. Now has anything ever gone up against Saturday night live and won? That's a good question. I've never heard. I've never yeah. heard of any other show as of a, as a variety sketch show going against Saturday night live. I, I've never heard of it at least winning. But if that happens, and the, the thing is that what Saturday Night Live does is so, it's so iconic because all it does, it's, it's, it basically takes whatever is in the news and, and, and show you how ridiculous the whole thing is. And, and I, I, it's amazing. I just got the news or, or the, the memo that, that they talked about Charlotte in an episode about four months ago and and the fact that they called it the gateway to gastonia and nobody in the audience laughed because you know they're all new yorkers because they're like i have no idea what gastonia is but i about died so yeah that that was a big deal (laughs) the crazy thing is it was such it makes such big news here in charlotte that the mayor of gastonia was interviewed later on (laughs) I you missed know. all of that. I oh missed my all God. of that. Yes. yes. Yeah, I yes. was I was out of the whole loop. Get way to Gastonia. <laughs> you know. And now they, they actually are commercializing that phrase on Oh God. Yeah, T shirts and stuff like that. It's not a good thing, folks, but okay. <laughs> whatever make whatever whatever float their boots, that's fine. If they believe it, it's it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever so, makes you happy. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Jojo, you should have with you unstructured reality program. What do you have? So, I have Becoming on Disney Plus, Below Deck on Bravo, Indian Matchmaking on Netflix, RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked on VH1, and Selling Sunset on Netflix. And I have seen absolutely none of these. I I have well. I've occasionally stumbled upon RuPaul's Drag Race, True. but not necessarily not the untucked this, one. Not this season, yeah. But what I can tell you is that I know that Indian. There was a lot of talk about Indian matchmaking. There was a lot. There were a lot of articles written about Indian matchmaking, and it basically exposed a lot of social issues from India that only people who are familiar with India knew about. And now, thanks to this show, you know, most of us are exposed to those realities. And I know that just based on a TV show, it doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. But there are some some underlying issues that we didn't know about, some underlying cultural differences that we probably didn't know about and now we know. Again, it doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. And I don't think anybody should say, I know a lot about India because of this show. That's definitely that's definitely not the case. But Indian matchmaking made a lot of splash. And so based on that, I think it stands a, a huge chance. What do you think? I since I didn't hear anything about it at all, I'm I'm gonna say yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. And if it's something that's gonna open people's eyes to Indian culture and you know maybe make them interested in some of the more issues, some more of the issues that are going on there, then yeah, yeah, okay. So let's then move on to 
Actually, we're going to go straight to competition series and variety talk series, okay? I'm going to take okay. competition series. The Amazing Race, CBS, I think it has a Guinness record of winning, of winning Emmys. So the variety talk shows, I mean, the competition series, The Amazing Race, Nailed It, Netflix, RuPaul's Drag Race, VH1, Top Chef, Bravo, and The Voice, NBC. So, if we are to follow history, if we are to, to base everything on the history of things, then we should just assume that the amazing race got this one in the back, <laughs> doesn't it? It seems like it, kind of like SNL. So, I don't know. N- Nailed It is relatively new, is it not? It's sort of like Pinterest fails or something like that. Yep. yep. Yeah, so I haven't watched it. It's not not my kind of stuff to watch, but uh, I don't know. It would be kind of funny to have like a, a totally new show that I believe is based on failure win. So that would be kind of funny. <laughs> do, do you know something? I, I actually haven't watched Top Chef in a long time because it, it, it's expensive. When you see these people cooking this stuff and you'd be like, yeah, I can, I can do that. You know. And all of a sudden, you're trying to, to mimic a recipe that you saw on Top Chef immediately makes you a candidate for the show. Nailed it! <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like it. That's good. So, so I, I stopped watching. I'm like, nah, man, I'm just going, no. Yeah, I can't afford that. I, I have heard from, uh, I have a friend who is not now, but was a chef and, uh, you know, did all the, the schooling to be a, a top chef and all that good stuff and, and won awards and things like that. But anyway, I know that they actually enjoyed the show Top Chef in sort of a cringy way because they were they were like, it is real in the sense of being a, a, a reality show, like a competition reality show. Like it's, it's, it is, they enjoyed it, but also at the same time, it kind of gave them PTSD. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can, I can see exactly what they're talking about. I, I would do. Go, 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 go. You know, we can't do that. I was, uh, I've been watching, binge watching, if you will the show Curb Your Enthusiasm for some reason, <laughs> you know. And there was an episode where Larry David is in this partnership for a new restaurant with a bunch of other celebrities, and they hired this French chef who has uh, Tourette's syndrome. Oh, God. <laughs> but it manifests, of course, in him cursing, except that he curses only in English. So Larry is like, but why doesn't he curse in, in French? Because then nobody would understand. But he stands in the middle of the kitchen and starts saying, Cock soccer! <laughs> Cock soccer! <laughs> and Cheryl, the, 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 Larry David's wife, she's like, Larry, can you stop it? <laughs> no, 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 no. But he's saying, Cock soccer! Cock soccer! <laughs> like, it's, it's a funny bit. It's an absolutely funny bit. All right. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> Jojo, take it away. <laughs>
Um, so next we have variety talk series. So it's Conan, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. All right. So what do you think, Jojo? It's got to be um, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not even going. I'm not even do. I'm not even going to front with this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 definitely it. But I do I do think that there's a bit of competition here. I think there are three shows that you could consider. Although last week tonight is definitely going to get it, but I think you have to consider the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. And also the late show with Stephen Colbert. Because I think of all the late night dudes, Stephen Colbert did something that was amazing with, with, with his show, is that he consistently came up and delivered and tried to be funny. And, you know, without using the studio and stuff, which, you know, Trevor Noah kind of did too, but Trevor Noah's show, to a certain extent, is very different from that late night format, right? Right. I mean, Jimmy, for instance, he always went to the studio. Yeah. Without anybody, but he always kept the studio format. And he had Guillermo and blah, blah, blah. But Stephen did everything only with his wife, Evie, watching and laughing, you know. <laughs> and he used, he said, some kind of like office closet or something. That they yeah. Transform. So, yeah. I, I find that, that that's a that's a fantastic effort. I, I agree. I agree. And and he was funny too. Like he, yeah. especially considering the obstacles and everything that he faced, it, it was a good show. I enjoyed the episodes that I saw of it. But nobody quite stabs you in the heart yeah. without you even knowing that you've been stabbed until it's over. Until he twists it, yes. is it, John Oliver, yeah. and that. That that show is just yeah. yeah. I think there's there's a reason this show is a weekly show. It couldn't be one of those daily, you know, nightly no. comedy uh, reviews no. because you would you probably would just go and hang yourself after yeah. watching if you watch that on a weekly basis. You know, every night for yeah. a whole week because yeah. John Oliver tackles some issues that are so serious and he's get, he he's so well researched. Yes. He has so many facts on his hands and he has a fuck you attitude. I know what I'm talking about. And if you, if you come after me, I'll just give you more facts. <laughs> you yes. know. And yes. he creates a lot of beefs that are like mad funny. You know, when like when this beef he created with this, town in 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 connecticut or something the one like, with the sewage plant yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was funny <laughs> that was very funny and like what he does is so amazing that i'm like i don't know how you can do that in half an hour every week i don't know how he does it either i genuinely do not know how he does it he has an incredible mind he has incredible delivery he must have a great team working with him and he manages to make 
horrible things funny, but not in the sense of making them absurd or in the sense of making them something that you dismiss, but in the sense of, I remember that more because I laughed at it. Yes. And I, I, it's, it's causing more turmoil in me because because it it was funny and it shouldn't have been funny yeah, yeah. and he should have been crying but now brilliant. i'm laughing about this thing yeah. yes yeah. yes he's he is brilliance itself and um i think it's it's a great privilege to have someone like him broadcasting in these days and times and i i so he's like a national treasure like we need to take care of john oliver and and it, it, the funniest thing for me yeah, is this, this team. It, the funniest thing for me is, is this right three of the people who are actually talking about real issues in america in a funny way are not american born correct right you have correct. trevor noah who is from south africa uh john oliver is british and then you have Samantha B who is from Canada. Yes. You know. And so in in the, in the top five of, of yeah, foreigners who hate America for conservatives, I'm sure these are like really one, two, three <laughs> right there. <laughs> you Probably. Yes. If you don't like it, go back to your country. <laughs> All right. Let's move on then. So I've got drama series, Jojo, and this was a couple of, there were a couple of surprises here. Surprise number one was the boys. The boys made it in drama series, by the way, from that's Amazon in Bridgerton. That was a surprise, but not in, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> the Crown, Netflix, The Handmaid's Tale, Hulu. Lovecraft Country, HBO, The Mandalorian, Disney Plus, Pose on FX, and This Is Us on NBC. Jojo, what say you, Jojo? What say you? I didn't even know This Is Us was still airing. I thought it had ended. Dude, <laughs> there's going to be as many This Is Us episodes. It's going to be on forever and ever and ever. Um, anyway. It's like um, the great, the great actually... anatomy of all this shit. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the Simpsons of, anyway. I actually wasn't surprised by Bridgerton being nominated because it, it was so popular and such a lavish period piece and and Hollywood loves its period pieces and that sort of thing. I didn't watch it, but for whatever reason, I just wasn't surprised that it was nominated. I was happily surprised that the boys was nominated oh, because yeah. I think that that is a great show. I was also surprised that the Mandalorian was nominated happily surprised, but I was surprised that it was nominated. And, uh, but I, yeah, the one that was the weirdest one for me was this is us because I swear to God, I thought it would gone off the air. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was over. I really did. No, for me though, you know, popularity aside, I I was a bit like really Bridgerton because like Bridgerton is like the Tiger King of twenty twenty one. You know what I mean? So I was yeah. like, nobody's taking that seriously, is it? Sure. I, I don't sure. know. I don't know. Maybe I need to sit down and watch the show, but I just can't even take it seriously enough to watch one episode. Yeah, so, I haven't watched it either, so I don't I don't know. 
And that dude that, you know, everybody's salivating about annoys the bloody hell out of me. Even his name, Reggae Jean. <laughs> like, who the hell named this kid Reggae Jean? Reggae Jean Page. First of all, that it doesn't say reggae there. It says reggae. <laughs> it's not reggae. It's actually reggae. So if it was reggae Jean, I would, yeah, I'm like, okay. But reggae, that's not what he says. Shut up. It's not reggae. Get him. It's annoying. All them pretty boys are fucking annoying. Shut up. All right. Oh. And rant. <laughs> Georgia, what do you have? Uh, let's see. So we have guest actor for a drama. So Don Cheadle for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Charles Dance for The Crown. Timmy, Timmy, oh boy, Timothy Oliphant for The Mandalorian, Courtney B. Vance for Lovecraft Country, and Carl Weathers for The Mandalorian. All right. This one is is heavy, dude. This one is heavy. This one is heavy because, look, Courtney B. Vance was phenomenal on Lovecraft Country. That was insane. I don't know, I don't watch The Mandalorian, but I know Timothy Oliphant is one of the best actors out here. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, Charles Dance on The Crown, he was marvelous. He, that The man is amazing. The older who did he, he play gets, on The Crown? He played Uncle Teddy, he, okay. who is an old great uncle in the family, and he was closer to Charles. Charles viewed him viewed him more as a father than he viewed his own father. So, but he was so good. He was so good. And like I said, the older this dude gets, the better he is. The better he is. And again, I don't watch The Mandalorian, but Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, to me, is like national treasure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The only one that I'm kind of like, Giving the side eye, and even the nominee himself gave the side eye was Don Chido, right? Like, <laughs> he knows that, like, what, what, what am I doing here again? Like, you know, I'm not saying that his performance wasn't good, it's just that, <laughs> okay, you can't ignore the entire show, which is a fantastic show, one of the best things we've seen this year, and then it's just like, you know what. Let's just grab this one. That's what stood out, you know. So, so I think don't you do? But, but at all that, Jojo, who do you think is going to win it? I, I think Timothy Oliphant was amazing in his guest performance on The Mandalorian. I actually think it was some of the guest best guest performances I think I've ever seen on a TV show. Period, and. It's 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 a great episode too of the series. So I like Carl Weathers in The Mandalorian, but he's more of a recurring character than a to, than a guest to me. Like he has a story arc through the series. Like he he's you don't just see him and he's not a one and done. So to me, that's not a true guest actor. I guess I'm kind of splitting ears here, but but Timothy Oliphant was just, he was so good and it was a one and done for him. Like, okay, I'm in and I'm out. And, and he, he was just, he was very, very good. 
So that's that's who I like for it is is him. So you like Timothy Oliphant? Yeah. Okay. I actually think yeah. that uh, actually, well, I agree with you in all of it because here the guy I think is going to win it was also sort of like a recurring character. But I think that sometimes they do guess, they nominate people for guest actor more because it serves as a send-off for the character they played. Because most guest actors die. True. <laughs> you know. Sure they do. And so in this case, you know, Charles Dance's character dies. And this might well be his send-off. So I'm 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 picking I'm picking Charles Dance for this, but other than that, I don't know. I I can't tell you. <laughs> I'm not that sure. That makes that that makes sense too, because Hollywood also loves it when somebody croaks. So they like <laughs> to reward that. They like people getting whacked. <laughs> yeah, that's a great death scene. Yeah, that was great. All right, so moving <laughs> on to the next one, we got guest actress drama in Alexis Bledel. In The Handmaid's Tale, Claire Foy on The Crown, McKenna Grace, The Handmaid's Tale, Sophie Oconedo in Ratchet, and Felicia Rashad, This Is Us. Uh, I don't know, Jojo. I don't know either. You got something for me here on this one? Um, I don't. I don't know. Maybe Alexis Bledel because she she's kind of in. I I really don't know. I really don't know. I can't call this one. Of the Handmaid's Tale, I've only watched the first season because I don't know. After I turn forty, there's a certain amount of cruelty that I can't I can't watch. I, I know that it's acted and, and, and thing, but there's seriously, I, I have trouble, you know, sitting through something that are so terrible that a human being or a group of human beings are doing to another human. So that was it for me on Handmaid's Tale. I'm not taking away from the show. It's a fantastic show, but again, it's too much. Yeah. So I couldn't do it. So, to season two and three, I can't tell you what what happened there. So sorry, but I'm pretty sure that Alexis Bedell's uh, performance is fantastic. On Claire Foy on the Crown, yes, she did have some some cameos there that were great. There is one reading that she does of young Queen Elizabeth of an address to the Commonwealth that she does. And that is the most beautiful dramatized reading session I've ever seen. And it was like, it almost brings you to to tear. So anyone who is able to do that just by reading on a piece of paper and with a reel of images going on deserves fucking something. I don't know, dude. Sofia Cornedo, Ratchet is a series that I have, have avoided watching. Because Me. I don't like the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have avoided it too. It's um, I, I, it's not my not my idea of a good time. It's too slick, too pretty, too evil. Yeah, 
I mean, it sounds shallow on my on my part to say eh, I don't like the name of this show. I'm not going to watch it. But seriously, that's why I haven't watched it. I might get to it and watched it. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, and so then you've got the nomination of Felicia Rashad for This Is Us as a guest actress. Mm-hmm. It is possible that because of the respect and and wisdom that she commands, she could win it. But we all know that Felicia Rashad has gotten herself in quite a bit of a pickle with with everybody because of her vociferous defense in in sort of like apologistic attitude towards the whole Bill Cosby thing. I'm not saying that the Academy wouldn't give her, wouldn't have awarded her for that because that's her problem with the world. I'm just saying that a lot of people are going to be angry if she wins anyway. Because somehow people will think she doesn't deserve it. But if she acted the hell out of the character, fucking give it to her, if that's the case for me. Yeah. I I I just I I always liked Felicia Rashad's acting. I always liked her character. I always thought that she as a person herself seemed like she had a good character and was like a, a good role model. But with her her actual quote being a terrible wrong is being righted a miscarriage of justice is corrected about Cosby I I can't I just can't that's (laughs) I I, that's beyond the pale for me and you know I kind of laugh about it but it's it's if you are so blinded by a friendship that you don't believe that somebody can do all of these horrible things that they did do and that there is plenty of proof that they did, then I'm sorry. I, I don't want to see your face again. I don't want to hear anything about you again. I'm, I'm done. So I have, I hope she does not win. And I'm frankly disappointed that she was nominated. I don't care how good an acting job she did. Yeah. <laughs> what you said, you know, everything, like everything she wrote and said in, in, in every statement she made, about the Cosby case is is flat out disgusting. Yeah, and she she kind of started out, I mean, you could say sort of semi-neutral in in being in his corner, but not entirely being in his corner. But when he was released and that was she was actually said that a, a miscarriage of justice has yeah. been has been shamed. No. No, 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 sweetheart. No, I mean, I mean about a year and a half or two before she gave an interview and she, where she said something about, you know, forget the women, but this is about the legacy of somebody being completely tarnished, of a great man being completely, completely tarnished. And she was quoted as saying that. But when the statement came out in the interview, she then put out another statement saying, no, 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 I've been misquoted. Right. Yeah. But I don't see the reason why somebody would choose those words exactly to say this is what Miss Felicia Rashad Rashad said. So right. it was clearly interpreted as she don't care about the plight that these women have been through. She can only see it from the Cosby friend's point of view. Yes. Now I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. For me. Cosby's culpability is not a question of assumption. It's not, I I don't assume Cosby is guilty because Cosby has confessed to doing the shit that he's accused of. Yes. 
in in fact, the reason that he got out is precisely because of a technicality based on the fact that he confessed to having done these things, but an agreement was made that he could not be prosecuted for doing it if he testified that he did, right? So this is it. Like, this is, it's as clear as day. If you still believe that something is being done to Cosby because legacy, whatever, then then you have a problem. I'm not going to say you, you're entitled to your opinion, but still, fuck you. Let's... <laughs> Let's 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 then continue, Giorgio. Uh, Moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along. Um, you've got supporting actor in drama, Giorgio. You do. So so there's uh Michael K. Williams in Love Lovecraft Country, John Lithgow for Perry Mason, Tobias Menzies for The Crown, O.T. Fag Benley for The Handmaiden's Tale, Manx, Max Minkella for the Man- Handmaiden's Tale. Bradley Whitford for The Handmaid's Tale, Giancarlo Esposito for The Mandalorian, and Chris Sullivan for This Is Us. All right. So, just as a matter of percentage, <laughs> as a matter of percentage of, of, of nominations, somebody from the freaking <laughs> Handmaid's Tale should win this one. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. The law of averages. <laughs> Jesus. But seriously, though, what do you think, Jojo? <laughs> oh, goodness. I... This is a hard one because there's a lot of very good actors in here. I know I be- I totally botched his name, but the the actor from The Mandalorian was fabulous. How do you, how do you say that? How do you properly pronounce that, Graham? Giancarlo Giancarlo Esposito. Gian- oh, I actually kind of got it right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the list like who did she botched? <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Yay. Uh, he he's fabulous as a villain. John Lithgow is in Perry Mason. Yo, he was great. Um, God, and great. Michael K. Williams. Is, this one's, I don't know. This is hard. Yeah. I don't know. But I've heard, I've heard so much great things about Bradley Whitford on, on The Handmaid's Tale. Like, you're right, man. This is, this is a huge one. Giancarlo Esposito, I must say, yeah, this dude, he has a record at playing bad motherfuckers that uh, either hate a lot or kind of slightly on the corner. Because on The Godfather of Harlem, he also plays a character, and he's loosely based on a real-life character. Giancarlo Esposito is the daughter of a black mother and an Italian father. In fact, I think he was born in Italy because mom was uh, a ballet dancer abroad. And he always plays these ambiguous characters that are navigating in this biracialty world and stuff. It's fantastic at that. But the character he plays on on The Godfather of Harlem is a dude who was born in West Virginia to a biracial couple. But then once he got out of West Virginia, for to the rest of the world, he went as a white man and okay. went on to become a 
councilman, and I think he even ran for the Senate and stuff, and, you know, concealed his blackness <laughs> for the longest time. It, 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 it's a funny story if you, if you think about it as a funny story, but it's a terrible, <laughs> terribly sad thing <laughs> if you think about it also. But Giancarlo Esposito is absolutely flawless in this character and in, in, in most of the characters he, he plays. So, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to make a prediction at that. And I would like, when we talk about it, the day after the Emmy, to see who wins this one, I'll be, I'll be happy to, to talk about it then. Yeah, yeah, me too, because that, there's, there's such a great lineup there. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you can't pick one. No, I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go on to supporting actress in drama. We have Angelou Louis Ellis, sorry, in Lovecraft Country, Gillian Anderson in The Crown, Helena Bonham Carter, The Crown, Emerald Fennell, The Crown, Madeline Brewer, The Handmaid's Tale, and Dowd, The Handmaid's Tale, Yvonne Strahovski, the Handmaid's Tale, and Samira Wiley, The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, dude, seriously? <laughs> seriously, dude, like... Uh, oh, okay. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> this one, I'm going to make some picks, but I'm not okay. entirely sure they are going to win. And all of my, well... Some of my picks are going to be between the crowd and the crown and Lovecraft. Anthony Ellis is fabulous, absolutely riveting on Lovecraft. She plays the wife of Courtney B. Vance's character, if you remember. Yes. Now, Gillian Anderson gave the performance of a lifetime by playing Margaret Thatcher. And I got to say, I was surprised. I was surprised that she got it so good, man. I think the only person, and she actually did better, the only person who did such a, uh, such a great job portraying Margaret Thatcher and wasn't English-born is, of course, well, what's her name? That lady that always Meryl gets nominated. Meryl Streep. Right? But Gillian... Is so good, man. Gillian is so Thatcher that it was, it was, it was like I'm like, no, that's it. And in fact, I think she won what the Golden Globe was it she won? I believe she did, yes. You know, so, but here's the here's the crazy freaking thing. Emerald Fennell, for me, is one of the revelations on the crown because here, okay. If you can conceive this, right? Emma Fennell was doing The Crown. She was playing Camilla Parker Bowl on The Crown. At the same time, she was directing a movie while she was pregnant. The young woman, what was it? Fabulous young woman or something like that? Promising young woman. Promising young woman. She directed that. She was pregnant. And she was also playing Camilla Parker Bowles on The Crown. That's that's a trifecta. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like, it's like <laughs> winning the triple crown or something. <laughs> yeah, and so the actors on the Hunman still I know by as a matter of reputation, Samira Wiley I'm familiar with because of her 
performance as Pusey on Orange is the New Black. That an actress that I know. Yvonne Strahovski, I also knew very well her character on The Handmaid's Tale. And the rest of them, I don't. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter, we've talked about her. Like she, she, you know, she's good at everything she does. And if she wins, I wouldn't have a, a, a gripe about that. I would have a grudge about that. But when when I look at the nomination of Gillian Anderson here, man, I don't know what to say. With, among the rest of them, I don't know what to say. What say you, Judge? Gillian uh, Anderson was the first name that jumped out to me as as probably going to win it because of just the clips that I've seen of her playing Margaret Thatcher and the buzz and the hype around her and the fact that she's won other awards around it. So I, I kind of feel like she's going to win, but I, it's hard for me to have an opinion having not watched The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. So this is another one that we're going to have to look at. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay, so let's go on to lead actor drama. That's yours, Jojo. Okay, so we have Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Jonathan Majors for Lovecraft Country, Josh O'Connor for The Crown. How did you say his name, Graham? The the, the one that drives up the wall? Reggae Jean. <laughs> Reggae Jean Page for Bridgerton, Billy Porter for Pose, and Matthew Reese for Perry Mason. Okay, why did they have to make it so freaking difficult? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, though, seriously, why, man? Uh, Wow, wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm rooting for Billy Porter. You know what? I'm with you, but I know Billy Porter has won it already, I think. Yeah, but... But then, the, of course, you know, Jonathan Majors and and Matthew... Is it Reese or Rice? Reese. Matthew Reese. Well, Matthew Reese was very, very good in Perry Mason. He was. And by the way, I haven't even finished watching Perry Mason. I think I stopped at episode four. There were some things there that bored the bloody hell out of me, and I was a little bit disappointed in the character, not the performance, but the character that Tatiana Maslany plays on Perry Mason. I didn't find it as compelling, especially, mm-hmm. you know, after you know, knowing that Tatiana Maslany just came out, came from playing one of the most revolutionary characters that I've seen on um, uh, the, the, that other show. Bloody hell, what was that show? Okay, anyway, I'll get back to you. I can't, I can't remember either. Yeah, but so the char- that character bored me and so much of it was about her, that character that I kind of got a little bit like, eh, I'll come back to it, right? But yes, Matthew Rhys was great in the show, but I have to say, I find myself rooting for Joshua Corner on The Crown, and Jonathan Major, Jonathan Majors, Lovecraft Country, and I will be jumping up and down my chair if Jonathan Majors wins it, because you know what, dude, 
I don't know if you've seen that latest performance of Jonathan Majors on Loki. But my, I have not. My, I have not. My. I'm going to binge Loki. I, I didn't start Loki. I'm, I'm okay. going to binge it. So, And I, then we'll talk about it. Because you know what? Jonathan Majors, if any next year, in the next Emmy, in the Golden Globes, in everything... If anybody deserves a guest performance award, I sh I think Jonathan Majors should be nominated. Only Jonathan Majors should be nominated. <laughs> that's, that's Nobody it. else. Don't call anybody else. Just give that shit yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, when we watch Loki, we'll talk about it. Okay. But, yeah, my, my two picks here are Jonathan Majors and Josh O'Connor. And I will be really happy if Jonathan Majors wins it. Yeah. Right then. So we're going to move on to lead actress in drama. We've got Uzo Aduba in Treatment, Olivia Coleman, The Crown, Emma Corrin, The Crown, Elizabeth Moss, The Handmaid's Tale, MJ Rodriguez, Pose, and Journey Smollett, Lovecraft Country. Jojo, this one is another one that has me. Actually, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna end up drinking because <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. This one is very, very hard. It's very, very hard. It's a list of phenomenal actresses. Oof. I, I, MJ Rodriguez, I believe, is a historic historical yes. first. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the character of Blanca is amazing on Pose. And her performance as Blanca is is amazing. So yes. so that would be lovely. But, you know, we've got Olivia Coleman, um, Uzo Aduba. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Yeah, hey, I feel you. <laughs> I, I feel really you. I'm, I'm not even playing. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. What's I do? But I haven't seen as much as I was anticipating watching it. I haven't watched In Treatment because what the main reason is because I feel like I need to take a vacation. I need to take at least you know two days off from work and from editing podcasts and hosting podcasts and shit to basically go through the entire season of In Treatment. That's one of my favorite shows. And the fact that Uzo Aduba is the one leading it this time, of course, drives me nuts. So I've not, I've not yet watched it. But if she's nominated, this is what I can tell you. She deserves every bit of it. That's for real. Yeah. Olivia Coleman, you know, she's this kind of phenomenon that there is no award show in the past five years that you haven't heard her name. And I think I can safely say that over the past five years, everything she's been on, she's been nominated for. And I, I love the fact that she seems shocked by it. <laughs> Yeah. The other reason why I love her so much, like she's just like, what? <laughs> I showed up and did my job. And rightly so. The reason being is because I know that Olivia Olivia Coleman is 
that consummated actress that does not see herself as a diva. No. Olivia no, Coleman never set herself up to be anybody's sex symbol or shit. This is an actress who goes and does her job and sort of like forgets about it. I did this, I move on to the next one. Like, yeah. you know, she is enjoying what she does so much, but she does it with such confidence of somebody who knows what she's doing that I don't think she worries or thinks about what kind of award she'll be nominated for afterwards. No. She just moves on to the next project. I agree. <laughs> you know, that's an amazing thing, man. That's it is. Amazing it really thing. is. So I'm not going to be upset if Olivia Coleman wins it. Emma Corrin, though? Man, this girl... I don't know if she's if she'll ever play another character as successfully as she's done by playing um, Princess Diana. And hopefully, having had this performance does not just pin her into a corner. You know what I mean? Like, this is the only thing you're good for type of, like, typecast. Yeah. I hope she goes on to do a lot of great things with her career. But if she does nothing else, this is the performance of her lifetime, and she's well-deserved that nomination. I agree. MJ Rodriguez... I am beyond excited about this nomination. First trans person nominated for lead actress. And she's also Latina. You have that. And she's not the first trans person nominated because what's her name from Orange is the New Black was nominated as supporting actress once. But she's the first trans, trans person nominated as lead actress. So... You have to chapel bar for her. And yeah. Journey Smollett was so good. I remember we took about 10 minutes talking about Journey Smollett's character when we did our episode about Lovecraft. Yes. That's how great she was. And she compliments the character of, of Jonathan Majors so well. So I'm okay with each one of them getting one. Each one of them. <laughs> Elizabeth Moss is, I mean, she is the show. She is the Handmaid's Tale. There's a lot of great characters in there. But Elizabeth Moss' character is the show. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. Right? So yep. with that, Jojo, we move on to the next one, shouldn't we? Mm, yeah. So are you made for television movie? Made for television movie. So we've got Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, Oslo, Robin Roberts presents Mahalia, Sylvie's Love, and Uncle Frank. Right. Is it okay to say that I haven't seen any of these? It's perfectly fine. (laughs) I haven't actually seen any of them either. Okay. I have heard amazing things about Sylvie's Love. I have. But I have not been compelled to watch it, to be honest. I haven't. I haven't watched it either. But it's it's like one of those on my watch lists that I've not started yet. Yeah, and Sylvie's Love, Uncle Frank is also another one that that I, I think I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait the next time I have to board a plane to just like watch these. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like, there's not one that I want to just sit down and watch at home or whatever. I, the, the things like that. I'm not saying they're not good enough. 
I'm just saying that's 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 what I thought. And then Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, I did not watch because there are so many Christmas shows to watch, especially now that we have Netflix that just record them and just dump them in there. And then there are the ones that I'm forced to watch with my wife every year and stuff, like because, tradition, whatever. Tradition. (laughs) So I, I like... Christmas shows that I don't have to watch, I don't watch because by the time I get to it, I'm I'm tired of Christmas shows and shit. And one of the main reasons I'm happy that we moved out of New York is because I don't have to go to the Radio City Christmas show every year. So there's that. She is around, so she probably is hearing what I'm saying and cursing the bloody Uh hell out of me. But yeah, Uh there's that. (laughs) So do you have a pick on this one, Jojo? Um, only because I've heard good things about it and it, it does seem like a, a, a lovely storyline would be Sylvie's love. It's from what I understand, a very positive, good story. So. Okay. All right. We'll do that then. We'll take this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So, all right. So limited series we have, I may destroy you HBO. Mayor of Easttown, HBO, The Queen's Gambit, Netflix, The Underground Railroad, Amazon Prime, and WandaVision, Disney Plus. Why is WandaVision a limited limited series? I don't know. That's confusing. Why? Why? I don't know. Right. So, but but this one, <laughs> this one is a pickle, isn't it? It is and it isn't. It is because there's a lot of good stuff on there. It isn't because finally I May Destroy You is getting some recognition. Yay. So uh, that's who I want to win because it's not been shown any love whatsoever or or anything. So um, as much as I understand it. Say again? In the U.S., in the U.S., in the U.S., yes, in the United States, in the United States. Um, so that's, I mean, that's that's what I want to win, is I May Destroy You, because that is some of the best television I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you, Jojo. I, my, all my votes are going for I May Destroy You. But there is the power of Disney with WandaVision. There's the flair, there's the the luxury, there's the cinematography there's all of that so i may destroy you not being an incredibly popular show in the u.s and i don't know if hbo may have played a a hand on that i i i don't i'm happy for the nomination and hopefully it does win but then you have the queen's gambit which was a revelation as a as a show a show about a show about chess. So, but I've heard so much about Mayor of Easttown, and yes, I've yeah. heard quite a few people say that it's some of the best television they've ever seen. So, and then there's the Underground Railroad. Railroad, yes. But if I'm if I'm gonna be completely predictable here, I think Wonder Vision is gonna take it away. You really? You think so? Yeah, that's not what I want, but that's that's what I think is going to happen. Interesting. <laughs> of, of, of all of them, I, I want it to be I May Destroy You, but of all of them, I, I would have picked The Queen's Gambit. 
Yeah, yeah, that would be number two for me, though. But I just think that WandaVision, again, was such a... I think WandaVision, because it launched as the very first side job in the MCU. Sure. And it made an sure. impact. Like, it made an yeah. impact. And, yeah. and, and everybody was expecting anything else that happens in the MCU on Disney Plus is going to be... It has to be equal or better than. So you have, boom, WandaVision, great. Then, boom, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is as great, but people didn't find it as flashy and shit. So they still have a lot to say about it. And then Loki is dialogue-driven more than anything else. And you know Americans don't like people talking. without car burning and you know i mean like buildings exploding and shit so so there's a lot of mixed emotions about loki but to me loki is one of the smartest smartest fucking thing that have come out of the mcu um so yeah i'm really looking forward to watching it my my husband is is a big fan of it and he told me about a particular episode he didn't spoil it for me or anything he told me about a particular episode and he instantly hooked me by saying it reminded him of a Doctor Who episode. Oh. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> Which I, I was already going to watch it anyway, but then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to wait until it's over, though, and binge it because I can see myself, like, going crazy. There are, there are some actors there, like, you know, besides uh, Tom Hiddleston, there are some actors there that you're like, oh, my God, these people are so good here. And I'm specifically talking about that dude, um, Owen, Owen Wilson, is it Owen or Owen Wilson? Gotcha. And you also have Gugu Mbataraw is in, in, in that too. She's one of my favorite. Yeah. These people, these people have a place in there and next to Tom Hiddleston, you know? So, and then you have, you have, she Loki, who I don't remember her name, Sophia something. She's she's got an Italian last name. She's amazing too. So you have to watch this thing, man. You do. All right, well, you know, moving on. Jojo. Let's see here. Um Supporting so we... actor, limited series, movie or anthology. So we have uh David Diggs for Hamilton, Jonathan Groff. For Hamilton, Anthony Ramos for Hamilton. Is it Papa Isadu for I May Destroy You? Evan Isadu. Okay. Evan Peters for Mayor of Easttown and Thomas Brody Sangster for The Queen's Gambit. Yo. What do you what do you say? There's three Hamilton nominations here. Right, so by the law of averages, it should be someone. <laughs> it should be somebody from Hamilton. Yeah, it should be somebody. Oh, God, I, 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 I don't know who it's going to be. Really, I really don't know. I'm, um, I'm going. I'm, I'm rooting actually for Papa Isiadu. I think he I should. am too. I am too because again, I may destroy you was just so so good, and the whole cast is what made it so so good. Yeah. So I hope he wins, but I I I don't know. Michaela Cole surrounded herself with some great actors. And actors that we didn't know that are not very like 
we've seen everywhere type of thing. And my exactly. God, they were good. And they, exactly. hence, they made her so much better. Yes. So it's a far fetch, but I'm going for Papa Isiadu. And if you watch, I may destroy you from now to between, between now and October. You will see that all we say, we've said, from the episode that we did specifically talking about I May Destroy You. In our end of the year episode, we also, it was to us the number one best series of the year 2020. Yes. And now we're still gushing about it. Go watch it. And yes. then you can, like if you go to our website, kickinginstrumentpodcast.com, you can actually, on our website, record a voice note for us. Tell us what you think. Seriously, go ahead and tell us what we think, what you think. Yeah. Because if we're wrong, you can tell us. But then I'm still going to tell you, eh, fuck you. That's <laughs> 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 good. So, Jojo, I am going to move on. Eh? All right. We are going to support an actor limited series. Oh, no. Uh, supporting actress limited series movie or anthology and who do you think we have Jojo? i have philippa saw in hamilton renee elise goldsberry hamilton jean smart mayor of east town julian nicholson mayor of east town moses ingram the queen's gambit in Catherine Hahn, Wanda Vision. Can you take a guess as to who my favorite is here? Hmm. That should be an easy one for you. <laughs> Say again? That should be an easy one for you to guess. Is it? Is it uh, Catherine Hahn? It is. <laughs> it is, man. It is. It is Catherine Hahn. Catherine, you freaking know me so much, man. Catherine Hahn was way too good. <laughs> At times, she was better than freaking Wanda on that show, man. I'm just saying. She's very, very good on WandaVision. She is. Yeah. She is. So, um, yeah, I'll go with that one too. It works for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you got lead actor then. So lead actor for limited series movie or anthology, we've got Paul Bettany for WandaVision, Hugh Grant for The Undoing, Ewan McGregor for Halston, Lin-Manuel Miranda for Hamilton, and Leslie Odom Jr. for Hamilton. All right. That's way too much Hamilton out there, man. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's way too much Hamilton out there. I'm going to ask you, Judge, pick one. It's probably going to be Lynn Lynn Manuel Miranda. Yeah, that's what I think. I I actually would like it to be Paul Bettany. I, too. I have a I have a soft spot for Paul Bettany. I know, man. Vision is Vision is the, is the sheesh, man. Yeah, he's just he's a sweetie, and he's he's also terrifying, and he's <laughs> he's a good actor. He's just a very good actor, and I I, I really enjoyed him in this role. But I I think it's probably going to be Lynn Lynn Lynn, Lynn, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Miranda. Yeah. Okay. So you think it's Lynn Manuel? I actually think that yeah, 
<laughs> it's also, but Hamilton might well be one of the shows that got a love nomination and then didn't win anything. You True, know I mean? that does happen a lot. That so, does happen a lot. So if it's not Lin Manuel, in my view, it could well be Paul Bettany. Yeah. You know, Which would be cool. Dope. Dope as hell. Very cool. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to move on to lead actress. We've got lead actress, limited series movie ontology, Michaela Coel in I May Destroy You. Is it Cynthia Erivo here? Cynthia, I- Cynthia Erivo, genius Aretha, Elizabeth Olsen, WandaVision, Anya Taylor-Joy, The Queen's Gambit, Kate Winslet, Mayor of Easttown. They have made they have made this one difficult, man. <laughs> they have made this one difficult. They really have. It is a fabulous list of talent. I of course want Michaela Cole to win. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that she was nominated. I want her to win. I actually think it's gonna be Kate Winslet, though. Yeah, like we we've talked about how people don't seem to get enough of uh Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. And Kate Winslet is a darling uh, of, yes. of, of award shows and stuff. But she's a darling of nomination, too, more than anything she, else. She is. She is. And, I, and she's a phenomenal actress. So yes. I just, I, I see her getting it for whatever reason. But well, I would very much like Michaela Cole to get it. The great thing is that in this, in this category, we have three sort of like revelation type of actors. Uh, mm-hmm. If you will, Anya Taylor Joy, Cynthia Erivo, who's been around for a while and has done some some movies and stuff like that. I think last last year she played Harriet Tubman. She played, so she's been around for a while. But I think she she was a revelation in this particular instance with Aretha, genius Aretha, and then you have Michaela Coel. So yeah, dude. I I don't want to pick, but I'm gonna pick Michaela Coyle. I love Elizabeth Olsen too. I find something about her just so endearing. So I'm I'm happy that she was nominated because I think she gave a great performance in Wandavision. Yeah. I don't I don't see her winning, but I'm happy she was nominated. I think I think she did a a, a great performance, but uh, but I want Michaela Cole to win. Yeah, well, I think I think at the end of the day, it's gonna be between Elizabeth. Olsen and Kate Winslet. Uh, uh, that's what I think. And as you said, I don't see Kate Winslet. I don't see uh, Elizabeth Olsen beating Kate Winslet. So yeah, that, that's the way it's going to be. Then you have Jojo. So we have comedy series. We have Blackish from ABC. <laughs> Cobra Kai. From I didn't Netflix. know Cobra Kai was a comedy. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't it start on YouTube? Oh, really? I think it started on YouTube. Okay. And Netflix picked it up. I then really think I need to check my facts, but I, I anyway. Emily in Paris on Netflix, which I didn't really realize was a comedy series either. But um Hacks on HBO Max, The Flight Attendant, another one I didn't know was a comedy series. I thought it was more of a thriller. Really? So I, I've got that all wrong. The Kaminsky Method on Netflix, Pen15 on Hulu, and Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus. Well, <laughs> Jojo, tell me. What, what, pick one here. 
I want hacks to win. Hacks, right? Yeah, hacks. Well, if Ted Lasso wasn't nominated there, I would have picked hacks. But I'm going full blown, all in for Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you watched it yet? I haven't watched it yet. Um, I don't have Apple Plus, so. Dude, you going to do me like that? Yeah, yeah, sorry. We have to we have to talk about that. Remind <laughs> me, we, we, remind me to talk about that. Okay, it's a deal. Yes, yes, it's a plan. We can't let you go without the Apple TV. Shit, <laughs> no, for real. All right then. So we move on to guest actor in comedy, and then we have Alec Baldwin, SNL, Dave Chappelle, SNL, Morgan Freeman. The Kaminsky Method, Daniel Kaluuya, SNL, Daniel Levy, SNL. I'm sensing a theme. God. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I'm not going to pick anybody. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> Do whatever you want, Georgia. I ain't going to pick nobody. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you a bit. I really don't blame you a bit. I, I, that's, that's too difficult of a, of a list to pick anybody. Cause Chappelle was great. Morgan Freeman is always great. Alec Baldwin was funny. You know, the two Daniels, of course. So I, I can't, can't. Yeah. Both Kaluuya and Levy (laughs) were hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> I haven't seen these seasons of the Kaminsky Method, so I don't know what Morgan Freeman did did there. But yeah, man, it's gonna be one of SNLs. Like, there's no way it's gonna be one of the SNLs. But the the question is, which one? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I yeah. really don't know. It would be funny though if out of all the SNLs, they they did the one that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Morgan Freeman, like. What? Well, <laughs> hey. on average says. <laughs> All right. Well, guest actress in comedy for you, George. So we have Jane Adams for Hacks, Yvette Nicole Brown for A Black Lady Sketch Show, Bernadette Peters for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Issa Rae for A Black Lady Sketch Show, Maya Rudolph for SNL, and Kristen Wiig for SNL. Yeah. <sighs> God. I don't know. So it would be unfair for me because I haven't, I haven't watched. I'm like I've just watched a little bit here and there of a black lady sketch show. But Yvette Nicole Brown is so good. Like you know, if you watch Community, you know how good Yvette Nicole Brown is, and Isare is is a is a star, but she's funny. Like Isare. Sometimes, like, fame makes you unfunny because people tend to just laugh at whatever you say or do because True. you're famous. Yeah. But it's really funny. Like, she is just funny. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. I don't know, man. Bernadette Peters in uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, I like her character, but I don't think she was, it was that funny. It made funny situations in the show. But I can't say that she or her lines were that funny or whatever. But Maya Rudolph, man, she is a chameleon. She is. She truly is. 
so and i i love i love Kristen week i just something about her just makes me laugh i don't know what it is but she just gives me the giggles yeah yeah, yeah. so i i don't know they're they're all difficult for me they are dude yeah. i don't think i can make a call <laughs> <laughs> whoever wins i'll be happy yeah yeah like i watch hacks but i can't tell you who jane adams is the name is unfamiliar to me and i i looked i can't place her on the show either i'm not quite sure yeah she plays as nina on hacks but i it's not i don't know okay yeah i don't i don't remember that's just the thing i don't remember who yeah. her character was i'm getting old <laughs> yeah yeah i like i mean I'm, and i watch every episode oh okay yeah jane adams her character was that little girl's mother Mm. You know, when she got on the phone, that's who came up. And when she went okay. home to her dad's funeral, that's, yeah. Okay. Um, now, now, now I remember, it's like, who? I feel better. Okay. <laughs> and, <Phew. laughs> all right. So let's do supporting actor comedy, Jojo Donghead, please. So, yeah. Carl Clemens Hopkins for Hacks, Keenan Thompson for SNL, Bowen Yang for SNL, Brett Goldstein for Ted Lasso, Brendan Hunt for Ted Lasso, Nick Mohammed for Ted Lasso, Jeremy Swift for Ted Lasso, and Paul Reiser for The Kaminsky Method. Yeah. So <laughs> I have two horses I'm going to pick on hit on this one. Okay. Right? Okay. My first pick is Bowen Yang of SNL. This cat is funny in, like, funny, 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 funny. Like, there's, you know, it, he's, he's too much. There is an exaggeration <laughs> about everything he does. Like, there's an extraness about him that I love. It's not that annoying extra that some mm -hmm. comedians... You know what I mean? Like they're doing too much. Right. It's just that. So it, it, I want to call it almost the Chris Farley factor, if you will. Okay. You know how like Chris Farley was always extra and you never got enough anyway? That's the that's the thing for me with Bo and Yang. Okay. Is that he's always extra and I'm still wanting more. I know you can do better. I know you can go further. You know what I'm saying? But he, this guy has been a revelation for SNL and I hope they keep him around. He's got an absolutely funny podcast also. I think it's called like The Millennialista or something. <laughs> <laughs> I love this kid. And the next pick for me is actually Nick Mohammed on Ted Lasso. Okay. When you watch Ted Lasso, you will see why this guy is funny and so unassuming but so funny. Like, it's almost as if his lines were, he was just coming up with them. But again, that's what happens when you're around Jason Sudeikis too, because Jason Sudeikis, the way he goes about his lines, almost as if, like, he's just coming up with them right there and that he didn't have to study a script. So, it's amazing. <laughs> so, what about you, Jojo? I, I, I don't really 
I don't really have a pick because I haven't seen Ted Lasso. Paul Reiser in the Kaminsky method was good. I, I did watch the second series, but I don't know. So I don't really have a pick, to be honest. All right. I I don't know that I, you know, Carl Clemens Hopkins, his character in, in, in the show is so low key mm-hmm. that I don't see the nomination yet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. His, he's 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 good at it, and he's he's funny. Yeah, but I I I don't I don't know. It's incredibly low key, so I I, I don't know what to say about that. But I'm glad he's nominated. Too. I'm glad yeah. he's nominated. Yeah. So, uh, supporting actress in comedy, we've got Hannah Einbender, uh, Hacks, A.D. Bryant, SNL, Kate McKinnon, SNL, Cicely Strong, SNL, Juno Temple. Ted Lasso, Hannah Waddingham, Ted Lasso, Rosie Perez, the flight attendant. There's far too many <laughs> Ted Lassos in SNL here. <laughs> <laughs> but I still think that you can't go wrong with Kate McKinnon picking it up, especially yeah. with her Fauci character that she's <laughs> she's broken up. <laughs> the Fauci is like, between the Fauci and the Giuliani that she does, yo, <laughs> the Giuliani, the Giuliani is too much. The Giuliani kills me. It just it kills what me. What she dead. does with her chin, the way she pushes her chin forward. Yeah, they're like the hand thing. Go, oh god, it's it's too. Uh, she's she's yeah. I... That's it, man. <laughs> That is like she could like you know what like, she is a funny she is a funny one dude like <laughs> so what are we going with Kate McKinnon then yeah I think so yeah <laughs> all right yeah. you got it Georgia who's next <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see so we're on lead actor comedy so it's Anthony Anderson for Blackish Michael Doug Michael Douglas for the Kaminsky Method. William H. Macy for Shameless, Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, and Kenan Thompson for Kenan. All right. So here's the thing. I've not seen one episode of Kenan yet. I'm just glad that Kenan has his own thing going on. Mm-hmm. You know? But I do hear that he's got like this, this really cool chemistry with Don Johnson in the in this show. So... It, it it it's great. Kenan deserves everything he gets, including the nomination. But I think you know who I'm going to pick for this one. I, I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody else has been paying attention, they should know too. Hey, man, this show is about soccer. It's about a soccer coach. So. <laughs> and in England, by the way. If it was a soccer coach in Denmark, probably not. But I I'm a Premier League fan. I'm a Chelsea fan, of course. And I'm a soccer head, and it's an American managing a team in England. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all for Jason Sudeikis on this one. Yeah. You, Jojo? Yeah. I have heard so many good things about Ted Lasso, and I want to see it. And I, I, I like him as an actor anyway, so I'm, I'm going to root for him as well. Yeah. All right. And finally, we've got... Actress in comedy. Is that our last one, Jojo? 
I believe so. Yeah. So actors in comedy, we are going with. Is it is it Miss Darling there? <laughs> drum roll, please. <laughs> oh, you want you want you want some more of that? I got drum roll. You got drum roll? You yeah. Cut it. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, no. I I have I have a a rim shot. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I don't have. How come I don't have? How come I don't have? Yo, but I got this though. <laughs> and laughter. I'm not oh, that's even, awesome. I'm not even that funny, but hey. Hey. It's good when you have a button that can make you sound funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good oh, thing. Oh, we can always go. But hey. Hey. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. So <laughs> we've I got. I always liked it on Letterman when he would look over at, at Paul Schaefer and he would. <laughs> and they would do like the wah, wah, wah. That is the best combination of of host and, and, uh, and music director I've ever seen. They were fabulous. They, they were dope. You, you can say that Stephen and. And Jean-Baptiste got that going on yeah. a little bit, you know. Yeah, but, it's a little harder with them not being together, but but yeah. Oh, yeah, they're back, they're back in the studio now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I guess. They've been while. back for like, I, I, I want to say a month. Okay. And yeah, man, the energy is, is so different. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. You, you just realize, oh, my God, this was painful without audience, man. <laughs> <laughs> this was painful. I couldn't believe that he did it, and I can't believe that I watched it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's go with lead actress in comedy. We've got A.D. Bryant, Shrill, Kaylee Cuoco, The Flight Attendant, Alison Janney, Mom, Tracy Ellis Ross, Blackish, and Jean Smart, Hacks. Jojo? This is a big one. This is a highly, highly, highly contested one. But I will make my pick with no reservations. I'm going okay. for Jean Smart. Me too. Yeah. No. Yeah, me too. She's so good in the in hacks. She is so God. good. Seriously. <laughs> Who is this lady? <laughs> Every time I every scene, she's just jaw jaw dropping. Yes. She is so good, yes. so good. The scene where she drives her her Bentley down the the driveway after, and they go over the joke, and then the scene in the in the one of the casinos where she leaves the guy with the check. Oh my god, she's just so good. She is so good in this. So, lots of talent on that list, but for me, Jean Smart just knocks it all out of the water. She's so good. And like I said, like. I didn't think that there could be another comedy series about a female comedian or, or a comedian that could be as compelling. I'm not saying that it couldn't happen. I'm just saying as compelling. After Mrs. Maisel, I don't. I didn't mm -hmm. think who can come up with something like that. Then mm -hmm. Hacks literally blows it out of the park. Like seriously. There's nothing else you can say. And Jean Smart is 95% of all of it. She's so good. She's so good. She's just a phenomena. Yeah. And I have absolutely no trouble believing 
all of her backstory. Exactly. Which exactly. is which is which is wonderful. So exactly. Yeah. And if she doesn't win, I will be mad. <laughs> the, beautiful, the beautiful thing about this is is for me is this is that anyone who writes a show about a comedian always wants to portray her. That the only reason why she's a comedian that she she can do a great comedy is because she is a feminist and blah 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 and activist. And so. In the case of Jean Smart, of the character that she plays, she is indeed a feminist, but she's so reluctant in her own feminism that you actually don't see it coming until almost the end. That this whole time, that's what she's been doing. That's what it's been about for her. Except that she has her own way of approaching it. And once you know her, you'll understand her brand of feminism. You know, and that to me is a beautiful thing because it's it gives you something to peel, <laughs> like a banana or like something like that. I, I yo, I love the show. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I love it, yeah. I love it, I love it. Yeah. Right? So Jojo, we have you know, made our peaks and yes. um the show, the award is going to be, if I remember correctly, October nineteenth. Is that correct? It looks like September nineteenth, I believe. Is it though? Oh, I've, I've been saying I've been saying October, dude. Oh lord! So CBS will air the program with Cedric the Entertainer as MC from the Microsoft Theater on September nineteenth. It's September nineteenth. Okay. So we're looking forward to it. Therefore, on September the eighteenth, we possibly are not going to go live with a show. Because we're going to skip that Saturday. And then on Monday the 20th, we will come with our after award show. Yes. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good talk. This is one of those very... Whenever we talk about award shows and and nominations and stuff, the show goes on almost forever. (laughs) (laughs) But... You know, we pride ourselves in keeping our, our podcast episodes kind of short. Not so yeah. short, but... So you will bear with us when we go over an hour and a half, right? <laughs> with that said, I'd like to invite everyone to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, if you, and Pinterest. If you do a search for Kicking and Streaming podcast you will find us you'll find me on instagram as mr putzetta instagram and twitter mr putzetta m-r-p-u-z-z-e-t-t-a that's me mr putzetta and i also would like to invite you to this if you are on clubhouse you can do a search for the kicking and streaming hub so kicking and streaming hub is our club on clubhouse and we have started hosting every Saturday night, a trivia night. So you can find us and join us. This trivia goes like this. Nobody knows more than anybody. It's a show off of brainiacism, right? So it goes, we ask a question. If you get the answer right, it is your turn to answer a question. And so it goes all around the room. Nobody get the focus on them just asking questions. You ask, they respond, it's their turn, and so on. 
So it is it, it's, it's a very good dynamic. And we had our first one last week, Jojo. How did you think it yeah. went? Yeah, I think it went well. Yeah, we had fun and uh, it's, it's low pressure, which is which is nice. You know, you don't, you, we're not, you know, holding yes, our man. knowledge over anybody's head or anything. So yeah, it's fun. It was fun. Uh, so follow us on Clubhouse. It is Kicking and Streaming Hub. That's our little club, okay? And then uh, we hope to see you on Saturday night, 9.30 on Clubhouse. So what else we have to say for me, right, Jojo? Yeah, I think that's it. I think we are, uh, we's done. For me and for Jojo, this is good night, everybody. Bye, Cheers. everybody. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.